It's Lifeline with Jesse Gestand. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gestand. Yes, and I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline as well. Glad to be in the house with you. The time is 5.05 on this Monday edition of Lifeline here in the Bay Area, this coveted Bay Area that we all enjoy and have been made to be the heirs of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful balanced season of weather. And we are at that time of the year. We have officially moved from summer into fall, but is this not a glorious day? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And you know how we do it on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'd love to talk to you about whatever is on your heart and mind. If the weekend has moved you to want to discuss something that is critical to you, that is worthy of all of our listeners hearing and also digesting, then give yours truly, Jesse Gistan, a call at one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Had a wonderful Sunday worship, if I might say so myself. I I, I frequently pinch myself when I wake up on uh, Monday mornings, and really am thankful to have worshipped with the people of God and have engaged in once again. An investigation of the scriptures by which we see another facet of our Savior that's designed to sanctify us and cause us to love him more and more and more. And uh, and, and thus Mondays are never blues days for me. They are almost always just wonderful times of reflection. Looking forward to the rest of the week. And of course, I enjoy being with you on the Monday edition of Lifeline. If you're traveling home right now on the highways, just be careful out there. Debris. Some traffic in different directions, whether you're on 580, 680, or what have you, 880, be careful out there. But I'm glad to have you. And again, if you are thinking about something that might have spurred questions about anything, let's say, for instance, what we're dealing with right now in terms of the fires that have been going on up north in Sonoma and Napa areas around there that we have just been marveling at, those of us who know that God is in control. And that even when these kinds of events occur, that we will frequently attribute to natural calamity. To be Christian about it means that we think it through from a theological perspective. And and there are many things that God might very well be doing. But one of them is humbling you and I, who have escaped the conflagration, that is to say, Uh, The fires didn't come to our houses. So what does that mean? That means that you and I are to be thankful and to be grateful that we are healthy, alive and untouched. And then also to be prayerful for those men and women, those families, those old seniors as well as young people um, that have lost either their homes or their lives in this tragic, tragic series of ecological, I'd love to call them anomalies, but they're not because they happen every year in California. But this one was unusual, wouldn't you say? Unusual enough for us as believers, and I've had this conversation with people frequently over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, God is saying something. God is speaking. We we believe that. We believe the Bible. And so God is speaking. He's saying something to us as Californians. 
And one thing he might be saying, I don't know if you believe this, is that, you know, we are no less capable of his his strange judgments than is the East Coast, Florida, <clears throat> um, Puerto Rico, uh, Mexico, and other places that have experienced uh, the torrents of rain and wind that have destroyed their areas, and now they are seeking to recover. They know their mortality. We also are in the same <clears throat> predicament, and, and that means you and I here in the Bay Area, too, because uh, for several days and maybe even weeks now, the smoke, uh, the smog that carried over from the fires have actually descended upon the Bay Area. And many people have recognized that we're closer than we might want to um, admit to to very serious dangers. All it would have taken is for the wind to lift up an amber, a small flame and carry it a couple of dozens of miles. And we would have the same thing here in the Bay Area. So we count our blessings and we thank God for his his mercy and his goodness in that regard. And we pray, we pray for those people who lost their lives and those people who lost their goods, that God would be gracious enough to restore them and bring them back to a place of normalcy sometime down the line. That's what we do with calamities. We, we recognize that we're in the body and it can happen to us too, that it didn't happen to us is not counting to any kind of righteousness in us or any kind of goodness in us. It's just the inscrutable mercies of a God who chooses to um, to manifest his power uh, in different places at different times to all, to bring us all to our knees. So I hope that's a, a worthy consideration relative to what's going on in Santa Rosa and Napa and all the places up there. It is being contained. It's getting a little bit better as we are watching the news even now. And uh, and, and we hope that at some point this is just history. Um, and, and if you are a person that listens in the, up the, in that area to us, because we can be heard way up even into Washington, and you're listening, if you want to call in even now and, and to share with us what you may have experienced up there, I'd be glad to hear from you, one 367 If there are any kind of stories you want to let us know, you know, whenever difficulties like this occur, even just war and 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 conflict and and tumults of all sorts around the world we often do not get from the media the hand of god um, how god often is working how you see god in the midst of that darkness but if in fact there are some of you who are listening to the monday edition of lifeline up in that area or have descended because you were excavated you were you were told to leave if you want to call and 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 share with us uh, how you understood God's hand in that? We'd be glad to hear from you. One triple eight, three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight, three six seven five three two nine. So that's one offer on the table as we prepare to engage. Be glad to hear from any of you up there um, in that area, as well as I'd like to hear from you about how you feel and what you think God is saying through these kinds of things to us who have a wonderful, stable culture here in the Bay Area, unlike many other parts of the country. We can definitely talk uh, spiritual things. For the spiritual, all things are spiritual. The spiritually minded man recognizes that we have to think these things through in terms of God's will and purpose and not simply be secular about it. So we can do that. So that's on the table. Those of you who have experienced it, you can give me a call, one 367 You may have family members who were engaged in it, one 
three six seven five three two nine, and you might have good stories. You might have difficult stories. You know, we pray about that kind of stuff too here as well on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm a pastor, for those of you who don't know, so I'm always dealing with praying for, standing in the gap, interceding for those who are suffering troubles of that like. So if you want to call, you can do that and we can we can we can uh, sympathize with you and talk with you about these kinds of things on this Monday edition of Lifeline. So while I am allowing that to sit on the table for you to chat about, if you want to discuss it, I have another topic I do want to bring to the table. It's really interesting. It would be in the center of uh, basic news and and, and commentary in in our world. This is not too far out of uh, the spectrum of things we do here. And it really revolves around my experience with young people, um, particularly young people who from time to time actually want to go into – entertainment into the movie world they they want to become actors they want to be uh, entertainers this is not too infrequent i will get a young teenager anywhere from 14 15 16 certainly they'll go up into the uh youthful adult ages of 21 22 23 and they're saying you know pastor i i think i want to go into the entertainment industry and and uh and and see if i can make my mark there i really like acting i really like you know singing or doing something of those those fashions i do not uh get that uh too infrequently for some reason, our younger people, uh, and this has been going on from the beginning of time, really do enjoy <clears throat> theater, uh, dance, uh, music, acting. And and I, I really want to know what, what you think about that as I present to you this story that has been in the news now for a couple weeks. Harvey Weinstein, you know him, is a producer, prominent producer in Hollywood. Uh, apparently he's one of those individuals who has been able to make his way being very productive, a whole family of them, the Weinsteins. And you know, what's going on with him. There are sexual harassment, assault allegations, um, that that have just amounted, uh, and have come out of the woodwork and he's on all of your news outlets, TMZ and et cetera, et cetera. And Harvey Weinstein apparently is one of these moguls that roams Hollywood and gropes people and harasses women and and engages in the 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 vulgar activity of 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 uh you know unbridled sex uh and 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 here's what I want to say about him if you guys know about what's taking place he for me is a smoking gun right so uh there are a couple things that I I extract from Hollywood when I think about it and I've had some Powerful, powerful, powerful conversations with some of my uh, brothers and sisters from their own extent in Hollywood over the years. You, you'd be amazed at what they would say has occurred relative to them uh, in their naivete or in their uh, uh, attempted pursuit of, of being uh, an actor. How that if you were to hear their stories, you would come to discover that they know that they know and that they knew the very things that are starting to come up now. So apparently this guy, Harvey Weinstein, has had a long history of uh, just just prominent sort of uh, profligate behavior around women and men. And, 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 and it affirms what we have been knowing for years. Is that not true? That Hollywood is a perverted society. 
that the music industry is a perverted society. And the media is a perverted society. And in many ways, that would also include politics. Let me say that again, because, you know, we do need to talk about this. And and again, I've already set the premise from which this is of concern to me. It appears that Harvey Weinstein is just one smoking gun among a bunch of smoking guns relative to uh, power brokers who have the ability to direct people's lives and influence people's lives and drive people's lives uh, in a direction of fame, fortune and success. But at the cost of the dark, perverse, sexual uh, um, um, quid pro quo, if you will, that is uh, essential to anyone making it in Hollywood. Hollywood's perverted society. The music industry's perverted society because they go hand in hand, as you know. Um, And then uh, politics. I have a strange suspicion, ladies and gentlemen. That politics plays a major role in allowing the kinds of persons like Harvey Weinstein to have roamed Hollywood and 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 wreaked the kind of terror that he and so many others do. I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories, and I'm sure some of you have too. And you know, you don't say anything because you don't really know. But when this kind of stuff comes out, doesn't it affirm what we all sort of have been told is the dark, dark spots of that world? Perhaps this also settles the question of Bill Cosby's sort of eerily similar behavior. Remember, again, I shared with you six or seven months ago that uh, whenever I talked about Mr. Cosby's uh, his problems with the allegations that were mounting against him, there would be knee jerk reactions on the part of people who would suggest, no, he's just being he's just being hijacked. He's just being used as a lamb to the slaughter simply because he's black. Well, come on now. Let's just let's just set the context and then let's see if we can affirm uh, the question before we take a break here. Um, What if, in fact, Hollywood really is a society that uh, is able to exercise the greatest of duplicity, of hypocrisy, of prevarication, of forms of um, uh, uh, professionalism that make us interested in watching them? But in fact, they are in many ways the exact opposite of what they put on. We call that actually acting. That's what the term um, hypocrisies is all about. It's about being one thing while putting on a whole nother face. Now, if in fact, while Hollywood is as attractive as it is and it draws people from all over the world to want to get in on it, but... What's really going on in the dark are the things that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 are unspeakable in the mouths of the saints. The question is, what accounts for whole industries settling for and covering up such vile behavior? What, what accounts for this? Why would they allow all this to go on? And yet cover it up as massively as they do until every now and then somebody pokes that balloon or let's call it our God. He he has a tendency to expose the darkness and bring it to the surface as we're doing. What what is the what is the sustaining energy that drives Hollywood or or the media or or the music industry? Is it not what the scriptures say in first John chapter two fifteen, all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Is it not what Romans chapter one says that because they have changed the glory of the incorruptible God? 
into an image made like unto corruptible man, for for the beast and creeping things. Is it not, as Christ has said through John in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, that we who are of God know God, but the world, the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. Now, having given you that tenor, here are the questions I want to ask and hear from you on, on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been part of that Hollywood scene and you can know and affirm these practices? I want to hear from you. one 367 Here's the next one. How would you advise your child who wants to do Hollywood for Jesus? one 367 And the third one before we go to break, what would be a truly redemptive route to the entertainment world if there is one? How would we advise them? How would we um, direct them if, in fact, we could find somehow justification for our beloved children to enter into that fundamental cesspool? I want to hear from you on this. Does this is this something that is worthy of you knowing and talking with your children about? Let's talk about that. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Jesse Gistin, your host on the Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, and I'm waiting for your calls. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistin. So we're back. The time is five twenty-five. I opened the phone lines uh, and offered you an opportunity to give me a call. Is the phone working? Is your cell phone working? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Basically, the question that I'm raising, and I know that um, you have um, some children, some grandchildren, some nieces, some nephews that uh, they 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 wanna they wanna engage in Hollywood. They wanna be singers. The African-American community, the Latino community, uh, forget it, uh, Gen Xers, okay, millennials. Uh, for them, Hollywood is extremely attractive. They want to do Hollywood. How, how many times have you parents been confronted with your kids just wanting to be the next, you know, star, female or male? Uh, and, and, and your thoughts about it, are they ambivalent? Do you have concerns about how to approach them and share with them? Is there anybody in the audience right now dealing with a son or a daughter, a grandson, granddaughter, who really is pressing into that into that culture and, and thinks that they can do that culture unscathed. I mean, unscathed. And uh, this is really a, a, a topic worthy of, of discussing. And so here are the three questions that I'm posing to you before we move to our next topic. Have you been there? Have you been exposed to that environment? Do you do you know what it's like? to try to uh, do Jesus in in Hollywood, if if you will, or in acting, Broadway, or even in the music industry. I'd love to hear from you if that's the case. And if you're a parent dealing with a child along those lines, I'm asking you, in light of some of these recent revelations about persons like the producer Harvey Weinstein um, and others who it just seems like Hollywood does have that that strain there where at parties things happen, you know, uh, with negotiations and contracts, things happen. I was thinking about this one uh, black actor, his name, I forget his name now. Uh, he was just speaking about a week ago. And, and he's a big old buff brother, too. And he said, yeah, one of these same producer guys groped me. 
And he said he didn't say anything because his first name is Terry. You guys might know his last name. He said, but he didn't say anything because he was afraid that if he said something, he would be ousted financially, that he would not be able to maintain his job. And Terry professes to be a believer in Christ. So help me with that. How how do we traverse that kind of difficult terrain with those kind of predators and your lambs, if you're calling yourself Christian, how do you traverse, traverse those territories and stay clean? I'd love to hear from you. How do you, how do, you do it? How do you maintain your integrity? How do you maintain uh, right decision-making along these lines and therefore are able to um, do Hollywood in a fashion where you don't compromise? And again, I've, I've met... Believers, I've talked with believers who have done it and have been exposed to some of the grossest things that go on in Hollywood, which should make us all concerned. It should make us all concerned with how we would um, answer it for our children and deal with it in terms of maybe it may be there's some young people that are talking to me now, listening to me rather, and are thinking about pressing into that world. How would you handle that if you're there? And what would be your theological and biblical justification? I do believe that Hollywood needs the gospel. There's no there's no doubt about that. I really do believe that Hollywood needs the gospel. But what if, in fact, um, Hollywood is so dark that in many ways, the only thing you're going to do is go in there, get a blot to yourself and then find yourself kicked to the curb if you really stand for the Lord Jesus. I do understand that there's kind of a segment, a group of people in Hollywood that really do try to keep it clean. Do you know anything about that? one 367 And finally, the final question that I'm raising is, what would be a truly redemptive route to entertainment if your kids just said, Mom, I got to do it. I just got to do it. <laughs> I've got to do it. And I would tell you, if you ever read The Pilgrim's Progress, Vanity Fair is what comes to my mind. And Vanity Fair is where Pilgrim and Faithful are passing through and and Vanity Fair is filled with all sorts of distractions and entertainment and and these are all booze and and Bunyan was talking about how the Christian can be tempted to be wooed into wanting to be part of this kind of worldly culture that fundamentally denies reality and lives in a ethereal world of of pleasure and joy. Um and and yet when Christian and uh, faithful, when Christian and faithful made their way through, they hated faithful's stance against all of their wares and games and their lures because they couldn't draw him in. He was telling Christian, listen, we're going to just walk straight through this place. We're not going to stop. We're not going to eat their food. We're not going to play their games. We're walking straight through. And as they were making their way through, uh, the hostility increased to the point where they killed faithful. Christian made it through scathingly uh, by the skin of his teeth, but faithful was killed. And what was Bunyan saying to you and me with that? The tandem relationship between Christian and faithful was this, that you are a professing Christian. That means you walk in a kind of faith. But should you pass through Vanity Fair and allow Vanity Fair to get a hold of you, it will kill your faith. You will not make it without your faith suffering significantly. And I think that that often is the testimony of those who who try to um, who try to uh, uh, bridge that gap. One person that I'm thinking about and, and you know, I love football. <laughs> I really do. And I've just seen this for years. Uh, Carrie Underwood. You guys know Carrie. Awesome singer. She's been a professing Christian ever since she uh, 
she she won American Idol like a thousand years ago, right? But here she is now strutting the stage uh, at, at halftime. And I was saying to myself, hmm, if I'm her father, I would be disappointed in the way she dresses, if you understand what I'm saying. But you see, that's what Hollywood does. Hollywood destroys your overt faith expression and basically relegates you to silence and then puts on you its own sort of harlot garb and you have to do it if you're going to make that money. That's what I'm talking about. Now the lines are full. I'm going to clear them out after we take the break. But I did want to talk about that because inevitably you're going to bump into somebody who actually thinks they can do that world unscathed. And I don't think it can be done. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You guys that are on the line, hold on. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we'll file through these names and then we'll continue talking on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. The time is five thirty six. Let's get started. Let's get started. I'm going to start on line number one and talk with Lee in Palo Alto. Lee, are you there? here thanks for taking my call Mm -hmm. i think right now is an ideal time for any young person to go to hollywood Mm -hmm. there are so many healthy movies being and not uh you know drivel Mm -hmm. really good films like war room uh facing the giants there's so many producers roma downey and her husband and i think it's who you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. Uh, if you surround yourself with people I don't even know if the producers of La La Land was, or, or I don't think they're Christian, but I'll tell you, that was a really healthy movie. I really enjoyed it. It's PG-13, mm-hmm. but it did deserve to win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did did they win? It. Well, they announced it for like two minutes, and okay. then they corrected themselves, but it was an excellent movie. It was very well done. It's a musical and just fun. And the thing is, is that it's who you surround yourself with. As far as to single out Hollywood, producer Harvey, this is ancient news. People have known about this for years. And whenever it's been reported, it's hush-hushed. And that could be true of any segment of society where you have a human being. Because how we handle money, sex, and power is the key to our personalities. And that could be in the church. It could be in the field of politics, business, no matter what. You I, could even be a starting minimum wage salary person and have, it, have your immediate superior make some kind of demands on you and whatever, and you're going to either capitulate or you're going to take the higher road. And, and the thing is, is that, look, it goes back to Ted Kennedy, where you had women mm-hmm. saying that they were being molested, groped, mm-hmm. everything. But, mm-hmm. oh, no, he was such an American idol mm-hmm. that he got away with anything. Well, now it's Harvey's turn. And mm-hmm. the thing is that uh, it's, I think for children, it's who you surround yourself with. It's how you are. You, you read the signals of how people handle money, sex, and power. And it's knowing, you know, when to hold them and when to fold them in terms of just leaving or just not not surrounding yourself with people like that. It's always going to happen. It's human. It's just the human condition. Right. And I would say this, that um, the reason why we have to talk about these things is that they only emerge uh, uh, from time to time because of the way that the system works. Our world lies in the lap of the wicked one and the wicked one keeps our world in darkness so that what one might know intuitively or sense or suspect 
is never, ever overtly seen. It's this is just the reality of the dark world of sin. As you had rightly said, Lee, this can happen on jobs. This can happen in schools. It happens everywhere where there is the power brokering struggle, right? Yes. It happens everywhere. In terms of Hollywood, it's what the public is supporting. And if we, you know, walk out of a movie and tell the manager on the way out why we're walking out, if we are disappointed with a movie or if we want to support movies that are good and healthy, because there's so many of them, I can't even count them. Right, but our world is not going to be has the documentary of Steve McQueen now. And I mean... You know, there's just so many healthy things to see, and it is coming out of Hollywood. Right, but that's, yeah, that's, you're talking about a Christian Christian society or a Christian worldview, and what I'm talking about, and this is not a but, this is an and, and I'm talking about how Christians negotiate that world, because there still is a very strong attraction to Hollywood. The average Christian Lee is not living with a clear, definitive line distinguishing between uh, those questionable elements of Hollywood and some of the stuff that you're talking about. It is not even that prominently known about some of these cleaner movies that, uh, that, that people who are discreet and, and, um, and clear on choices are making. I am talking about the vulnerable element of people who just in naivete think that they can go into Hollywood and somehow make it without being uh, impacted by these sorts of things, as would be the case um, for a, a believer coming out of college and taking on a job in a big, you know, Fortune 500 company, or as is the case in sports, etc. as you had stated. There is this framework by which the powerful um, have the possibility when it is allowed to be able to abuse people all the way down the spectrum simply because people's priorities are not right. And one of the questions I'm asking parents, because I do get it frequently enough, they're young kids wanting to go into uh, acting and going into theater, et cetera, et cetera. That question is often asked. And the way we have to answer it is, what kind of value system do these children have? What kind of value system has been modeled to them? And what are the clear biblical parameters? Because one of the problems in this postmodern uh, liberal age in which we live, there's a ton of Christianity that's not grounded in the concrete principles of Scripture. So the sliding scale is going to subject them to some of this this problem- problematic element that we see in Hollywood. And, and so it's germane that we talk about it uh, here and there. But it's also in the midst of this kind of discussion to remember that there are good programs out there, good shows and good, good uh, movies that can be alternatives for our families, albeit they're not as prominent, but I'm glad you did share with some of that. Yeah. We need to speak up about the ones that are bad and also applaud uh, the ones that are good. Speak of it to others, speak of it to the producers because the public's going to get whatever it is they demand. And in terms of morals, we can't get into somebody's heart and change it. But I think that uh, children need to be grounded when they leave home to know what to expect and in life in general. Right, exactly. And that's really where I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to some of the other callers around that, because our kids will grow up and, and many times they will be in our school systems. Uh, and, and everybody can't be protected by this kind of bubble of Christianity as like, you know, grow up and go to colloquial school or grow up and go to Christian school. It just doesn't happen. Plus, I'm, it, I'm, if, I was going to say, I must say, too, that it isn't only Christians. I once 
uh, was introduced to an Orthodox rabbi, and out of courtesy, I extended my hand. Usually a woman sure. will extend her hand first to shake his hand. as we, And he kind of very nicely put his hand behind his back and said, I'm sorry, in our culture, men and women don't touch unless they're married. Right. Yeah, well, you know, I, that's so, cool. You know, there, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, there's also culturally speaking and other cultures where not everybody is a latch. Right. Well, we you know, know that. And, and people in, uh, you know, the, the public, that's kind of the extreme. But but those are the kind of people we'd want to include in terms of people that are Christian that have a higher standard in terms of behavior. Right. Well, certainly uh, we're, we're on a Christian radio program. <laughs> that's the reason right. why I'm giving prevalence. But right. anybody who wants to behave in a decent moral fashion yes. would be interested in our discussion. Exactly. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Let me see here. Let me go to line number two and talk with Misty in San Francisco. Misty, how are you contributing to our discourse on this on this uh, present Hollywood scene that has a tendency to want to draw believers into it? Hi. I just wanted to say a couple of important things that are on my heart. One, I want to just state that Harvey, he is a man who needs Christ. And I just wanted to uh, lift up a prayer, if possible, for okay. him. Okay. And 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 by doing I that, agree with that. Know, we may bring we may bring other people into the fold because he has a name, and I, in some way, my spirit grieves for him because I feel that all this coming at him, what we're dealing with in our society, not in just Hollywood, is debauchery is all around us here, and I believe that what is going on with Hollywood is. Everybody, be it a believer or not a believer, they're spending their time doing mindless things. Agreed. Okay? And that's my opinion. I do not watch movies. I do not watch TV. I do not have time, nor do I have desire. Because to me, it's, it's make-believe. I'd rather be out in the real world dealing with the real crap, with the real sinners, with the real stuff. And Hollywood is a mission field. So anyone that is a Christian that goes into Hollywood or, or something along those lines, they go up with Ephesians 6, and they can go in, and they can. it's a mission field that basically is ripe in a lot of ways. So if we pray for Harvey, we never know what may come down the pike, because the Lord says that his word will not return void. Right? I, I agree. I agree. I agree on both points. He needs to be prayed for, and uh, and Hollywood needs to be evangelized. You can't get better than that. Thank you. But, but I mean, you're not, you know, people around us here, you know, people spend their time watching sports, watching movies. There's so much more to be done, and, and, and there's few workers in the field. There's many people sitting home watching movies, five movies a week. I, don't, I mean, I don't get it. It's not my thing, and I, it, it's an unfortunate thing because we've got sinners and people dying, and that's basically our mission field. You know what I mean? Not a church where we're eating cookies, having a little... Uh, or by the study with a little book. Don't don't, don't, don't talk down to church. Don't talk to church down. Don't do that. That's not real Christian, Christianity. Real Christianity yes, is it living is. it. It's, it's real Christianity, seven. too. It's real Christian. See, like, you got to eat. Mindy, Misty, say, you have to eat. Can I say a prayer for Harvey? Misty, you have to eat. You have to eat food. You have to eat. <laughs> you have to eat. She did everything good but that last part. It, don't play the church down. We're going to take a break. We'll be right. All the Christians out there have to eat. Somebody got to go get some food, sit down and eat. We have to huddle. You know what church is, you guys? Huddle time. Huddle time. Don't play the church now. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back the time 551. Let's see here. Let's go to line number 
four and talk with Rose in Castro Valley. Hi, Rose. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, what's your uh, question, this, observation? This is a good topic here. You like this topic? Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, so, yeah. Oh, so tell me what you... Oh, yeah. Tell me your but thoughts. Pastor, but, Pastor, before I say that, can I say that my husband and I, we started um, coming to the services at Grace in September. Did you? Oh, yes, and we've been growing. And I've been listening to, to you since 2015. Okay. And it was just laid on my heart to come and visit. Then I told my husband about it. Then we came. Now he goes to men's uh, theology and everything. And we're waiting on a, a new membership class. So okay. So we can uh, get involved with that. Is that, is but your... I love is, the teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, oh, God, it's, it's, it's just a lot of meat, a lot of meat. Let me ask you a question. Is your husband the handsome brother with the snow co- snow-covered hair? Yes, it is. Okay, what's his name? Marcel. Okay, so I have to remember that because I think I met him Saturday and I didn't get his name. I said, oh, because I think he came out for three weeks in a row and I still didn't get his name. So it's Rose and Marcel. What's your last name, Rose? Butler. All right, I'm going to call him Brother Butler. Brother but you Butler. Know what? It's a couple of snowmen there, though. It's quite a few. <laughs> quite, quite a few, but but he wears his well. He he got all his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he do. So um, so so tell me how how this topic resonates with you. Okay, I'm just going to make it really quick because I know the callers want to get in. Mm-hmm. About three or four years ago, my daughter pointed out to me that um, black men mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. were rising up in the movies yeah. were dressing like women. Okay, or either had to kiss a man. Right. Now, no seclusions to other races or anything, but she just kind of keyed in on that. Mm-hmm. And I think it even started way back when Flip Wilson, Wesley Snipes has done it, the Wayman Brothers with white chicks, all this stuff, right? I agree. Yeah. And so, okay, the the second thing I wanted to talk, tell you I about agree. was um, my son, who's 23, wanted to play basketball Okay. when he got out of high school. But he later uh, came, I guess, to his senses, because I really was praying about that, mm-hmm. that what that life would look like for him. Right. Because you wouldn't really have a life. They're in it, too. Right. But, you know, not maybe as deep as the um, entertainment the television. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the third thing I wanted to say was, I believe television is an idol. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe because God made us in his image, the the prince of the air is selling another image. Mm -hmm. And we that watch it and sit up there and get lulled by it with the subliminal messages are succumb to what's fed into us. I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, I could I could talk about this for hours. I won't because you said it in such a concise fashion that television unfiltered and uncontrolled by a disciplined mind with a purpose for going to channels that's going to be edifying is nothing but a vehicle and orifice for the adversary to transform minds because to the degree that he can speak to any mind, he can transform a mind. And that is one of the chief, if not the singular method by which he is able to take control of masses of people around the world. At one time. Yep, at one time. And I have one more thing to say. Okay. Is I work at a school, elementary school. Okay. And this is why it resonates with me, because those little sponges uh-huh. uh, that I pray for, yeah. I'm always trying to um, pray that God would open up other thoughts and avenues for me to use to show them other capabilities that they have and other possibilities that are out there for them other than uh, being a dancer or a stage or a rapper or a basketball player or a football player, you know. I agree. And and, 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 and it takes, 
I haven't. That's it's not my calling to fight the media. Sure, or, sure. Uh, do that. Not at all. But, but my 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 harvest. Uh, where the harvest is plentiful, the labor yes. is fruit, yeah. is in that school. I agree. It's in that school. And I'll and tell I just you, do it the best way God tell me to do it. And I'll tell you what, Rose, I'll tell you what, you are a part of a, a Lee was just talking about that as well as uh, Misty. There are, I mean, just so many believers that I know, including my own kids, because I've got kids that are teachers in the in the public school system. But we've got so many teachers and so many uh, teacher helpers, even in our church. But I just know so many people who are working in the school districts with the same mindset that you have, the same purposes and goals, and they are needed. They are needed. You, we need people like you speaking into these kids' mind and tell, minds and telling them they can do other than be reproduced over in the image of some mm-hmm. some some vain icon. They can do better than that. Yes, I agree. Yes, and I explained to them that beauty fades. That's right. I don't tell you this because there's always more young ones waiting <laughs> in the wings as soon as those get old. This is true. This is true. This is true. Beauty fades, but wisdom abides forever and truth abides forever. And we would much want to much rather sow to the spirit than sow to the flesh. So you keep blessing those young, young people. Some of them are hearing. They all hear. They don't always make right choices, but they all hear. And they are always blessed when we give them just a little bit of time. Thank you, Rose, for the call. Bless you. Let me go to Charleston in San Francisco. Charleston, are you there? Um, Charleston in San Francisco. Hey, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. What's your thoughts, man? Oh, man, you don't have enough time for me. We got we got, we got, got four minutes. <laughs> okay, check this out, man. This is my first time calling you. I've been listening to you for a minute. Okay. Um, First of all, I am a believer. Amen. And I've been in show. I've been in show business for over thirty years. Okay, so see, you're per- so, you, you're my perfect. You're the you're the person I want to talk to. You're the person I, I want to talk to. So so holler at us because you're talking to thousands, man. You're talking to thousands know, and thousands. So so tell us tell us what that is like or was like, um, and 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 how might one be able to redeem going down that course. Okay. Um, first of all, I just got off a job just now Okay. on my way to school. I'm just going to say a few things and I'll answer your question. Uh, any parents out there that want help with your children, mm-hmm. I have a workshop every Saturday. I have a coach, choreographer, director, producer. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, pump myself up. I'm just telling you, if you want someone who's in the game, who's been in the game, and doing it for the glory of God, uh-huh. Google me, charlestonpierce.com. Okay. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, my praying parents, um, I wouldn't be here. Okay. And you have to be you have to be chosen. Right. But you do not have to compromise. Amen. If you are chosen and God has a work for you, mm-hmm. he's gonna bless you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows in show business what I stand for. Right, and I don't do nothing that takes away from my integrity. Well, now I'm go. strong enough in my faith to say that. Yeah. Now, of course, when I first started, um, I, I would compromise my faith because I wanted that vanity, I wanted that glory. Sure. And I did it. I did it all for fame. Yeah. Now I was born and raised in the church. Yeah. I received the Holy Spirit at 19. Okay. And I was a powerful son. Sure. In the club in Hollywood. Yeah. Working with Eddie Murphy, Will Smith, Puff Daddy. See, so tell the truth. Oh, T- I mean, now you're telling the truth. 
Okay, so I did all that. I backslid, drugs, all that, party like a rock star, but the Holy Spirit never left me. Amen. But uh, when you come to yourself, when God is ready to you know, pull you back, take you back home, yeah. and you answer that call, then the work starts. Yeah. And my testimony is that when God is sovereign, he's merciful, yes, he's grateful, he is. Yes, but he you is. don't have to sleep with nobody to get a job. Amen. If that job's for you, you're going to get it. I work right now. I have billboards up in the Bay Area. Okay. I have movies with, a movie with Eddie Murphy. Okay. You can freaking do this business without sleeping with anybody, without doing drugs. I don't kiss men. And yeah. I still get movies. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because okay. I choose not to. And if God wants to give me a job, if he wants to give me a job as a director or producer, he's going to give it to me. Right. Nobody can take anything from me that God has for you. There you go. Listen. And, and they're going to hate on you and they're going to talk about you. But guess what? If you're chosen to be in Hollywood, which I used to live in L.A., I've been in New York, Miami. I got. A, I'm an author. I've done all. I've done everything but men. Hello. Yeah. Because I, you have to. You have to draw the line and say I'm not doing that. Right. Guess right. what? God kept me. There you go. And even if I did something, He still kept me because He's He's merciful. He's sovereign. I don't care what you've done. God will forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something I said I'm not doing. There you go. Listen, Charleston, that was excellent, brother. That's really what I wanted to hear, because I do know, and I'm sure you can affirm quickly, that there are a lot of young believers that want to uh, enter into that entertainment world for a lot of good reasons, but also a lot of naive reasons. And to be able to hear your testimony has done a great deal of service along those lines for us, a great deal of service. And listen, don't let this be the only time you call me back just because we talking about something that happens to be along the lines of your skill set you can call back on other topics in fact if i end up uh having topics that are um are uh, relevant to or ancillary to what you do i'm gonna just call charleston's name out and you're gonna have to call back and help us anyway because that's what happens when you learn by experience you have to share that experience to help the downline Absolutely, man. And then what I chose to do by choice is come back to the Bay Area. Okay. I work for the school district now. Yeah. But I still produce and direct. Absolutely. And everything I do in front of everybody, Gavin Newsom, Willie Brown, I just talked to Willie Brown uh, last week. Okay. Um, about whatever I do, I, I tell everybody, glory to God. And I, I'm not ashamed That's right. to tell everybody I love Jesus. That's right. Period. Raise that banner. <laughs> Raise that banner up, brother. Raise that banner up. That's Charleston Pearson. That's CharlestonPierce.com. Listen, I got to go. Thank you, Charleston. Blessings. Deb, you hold on. We'll catch you after the break. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Now we can switch this over to... Anything you really do want to talk about. I do have another topic I'll bring to the table here in a moment, uh, but we are going to take a break. D- the Charleston's uh, commentary was very, very good because they're just those groups of people who are going to um, traffic that world. And if they can have the testimony that Charleston uh, has been able to set forth, that is wonderful. It gives hope to parents who don't have the ability to tie their children down and keep them from that aspect and that part of the world. So there is hope. We will be right back.